Michael Faulkner, you're about to go out on the road again performing the show that cannot be stopped, that will not die, yeah. the show that started it at all, the complete works of William Shakespeare abridged, <laughs> revised. Are you ready, yeah. sir? You bet. I've been doing my calf exercises in order to wrap those tights back on. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. Thanks for subscribing, streaming, or downloading and listening to us on your computer or tablet or phone. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 613, Complete Works Returns. It's been almost 10 years since we toured the complete works of William Shakespeare abridged, revised in the U.S., and our fall tour of it begins tomorrow night in Austin, Texas. Two of the actors you'll see this fall, Michael Faulkner and Jeff Marlowe, spent this summer performing unreduced Shakespeare, Michael with the Kingsman Shakespeare Company in Thousand Oaks, California, and Jeff in the Shakespeare Center of Los Angeles production of Henry IV, in which they combined both parts into a single play and Jeff played several roles opposite a young newcomer named Tom Hanks as Falstaff. We'll hear from Jeff in a few minutes, but first, Michael Faulkner catches us up on all the Shakespeare he's been up to. Since last we talked, you've been doing an awful lot of actual, genuine, real, unreduced Shakespeare. I think most recently with the Kingsmen Shakespeare Company, right? What's, how's that all been going? Yeah, it's been really uh, wonderful. You know, it's so great. To, I mean, Los Angeles is sort of uh, overflowing with, with Shakespeare festivals at the moment because it used to be that um, L.A. Shakes was really the only game in town, of course, where Marlowe just uh, did his run of, uh, with Tom Hanks. Um, but now there's the, the Griffith Park Independent Shakespeare Festival and then uh, just a hop, skip, and a jump up the coast in Thousand Oaks on the campus of Cal Lutheran University is Kingsman Shakespeare Festival. And um, I've done, and then of course there's uh, Will Gears Theatricum Botanicum, but uh, I've just done, I believe, I've lost count. This is either my sixth or seventh season at Kingsman Shakespeare. And um, it's been, it's just been great to have, you know, I grew up in Santa Cruz with Shakespeare Santa Cruz, and I had my first professional job uh, in the Scottish play there at age 14. And and uh, so to have, you know, uh, another Shakespeare festival on the campus of a university, just kind of practically in the backyard, um, is, uh, it's just, it feels homey, and it, it's, uh, it's nice to, you know, get the pension and health credits for working so close to home. And, <laughs> yeah, and and you get to sleep in your own bed at night. Sleep in my own bed, not have to, you know, go to the hotel buffet for breakfast. And it, what's great, too, is that, you know, sometimes I, I get cast exactly as I would expect to be cast. So uh, two summers ago, I was Holofernes in, um, in Love's Labors, which is, of course, the, you know, the, 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 the pedant role who is not as smart as he thinks he is. And, um, you know, kind of like the, the role in Complete Works, the, uh, the intellectual who... Uh, who uh, doesn't really have all of his knowledge together. Uh, <laughs> but other times, they'll cast me as something I'm completely not expecting to play. Like, I, uh, you know, I just played Roderigo in uh, Othello, and although he is the comic relief as far as that play goes, you know, he, he's 
he, he requires real acting. No. Uh-oh. But, and am I right? You've been playing a six over the years, have played a succession of clowns, right? Yeah. Uh, let's see. So I, I'm trying to count them off. I, you know, I've done Elbow, Malvolio, Bestie, Hortensio, Lancelot Gabo. Oh, they're all there in my Reduce Shaker Company bio, aren't they? Um, they, they must be. You don't need to list them all. But tell me, um, yeah. when you're when you're in these full, real, unreduced productions, do you ever get a sense of, oh gosh, I wish they would cut this, or is it a really nice change of pace to be doing unreduced Shakespeare? It's a little bit of both. So uh, we, the two shows at Kingsman this summer were Othello and. Uh, the Two Noble Kinsmen. Wow. It displayed, I, and it was cut. It was directed by uh, Elizabeth Swain, who directs a lot of stuff for Antius. And um, it, was, it, was a, it was a good, I would say it was a good scholarly production of the Two Noble Kinsmen. I mean, it, we didn't take very many risks. Uh, because when people don't know the play, uh, I'm not sure they're going to appreciate the risks you take. Uh, because they don't know what it is to begin with. So um, I got to play the doctor who came on late in Act 4. So uh, I was at the poker table uh, for the, most of the first half, um, and the doctor was basically a comedia character, and so that was just me coming in and, uh, you know, using my Reduce Shakespeare Company skills and... Uh, Getting his, bringing as many laps as possible out of the minutes on stage. LPM was how I would grade my my uh, performance each night, laps per minute. And um, but sitting backstage waiting to go on. Yes, I wish we had cut it even more. I mean, that play needs cutting to begin with because late in the se- late in the second half, there is there are like six pages which are just descriptions of what warriors are wearing <laughs> right and and that was cut in our production but i think we probably could have been even more uh judicious with the cuts othello was was cut very nicely it, you know it, like a lot of the early scenes were were, were uh, conflated to move together and uh and uh that play really seemed to move and it was and that one was overall just a, a really wonderful experience this summer and do you come back to the complete works with a, a new sense of having your um, Shakespeare skills sharpened? Oh yeah, for sure. And and I, uh, you know, one of my favorite parts in complete works is the chance to finally do that 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 dying speech of Hamlet. And after all of the after all of the hilarity to kind of try and zero in and, and just do that speech as simply and as truthfully as possible. And uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. But the other, the other side of that coin is that, you know, when I'm working on a funny scene with uh, non-RSC actors, you know, I really value the shorthand that we've developed in the Rudy Shakespeare Company. And it's funny sometimes to work with other actors where, the laugh is not the most important thing. Mm. I mean, what are these people thinking? <laughs> uh, that, that, you know, like, that, oh, they want to play uh, an intention and they want to actually, uh, you know, uh, 
communicate on a on a on a subtextual level, and I'm I'm kind of like, you know, whereas if I was doing a show with uh, Mick and Dom or Dan and Tiger, you know, we all know, oh, there's a laugh there, and so we all need to give honor that laugh and not pick up the next line until the laugh is crested. <laughs> you know, just like little shorthand things like that, or know that if all of us throw our focus at this point on this on this word, if we all look to the left, there's going to be a better laugh than if we didn't. And just like that, that stuff has become so instinctual for me that I sometimes, when uh, when I'm working with uh, actors that maybe haven't had that kind of uh, vaudevillian almost experience, uh, you know, like when the timing just isn't there and you have to like actually discover things in rehearsal again, I'm like, come on, get with the ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God you are returning to the warm bosom of the Reduced Shakespeare Company where we have our priorities straight. <laughs> exactly. I'm Ben Crystal, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? You can see Reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, illustrated by the marvelous Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. And tomorrow night, our fall tour of William Shakespeare's Long Lost First Play Abridged, The Ultimate Christmas Show Abridged, and the show that started it all, The Complete Works of William Shakespeare Abridged Revised, begins in Austin, Texas, and continues on to 30 different cities in 18 different states, featuring 11 different actors and three different stage managers. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe, and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. So Jeff Marlowe, I talked to Michael Faulkner last night, and he said that you too had an amazing Shakespearean summer working with that famous Shakespearean actor Tom Hanks. How was that? Uh, it, 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 it was every dream come true. It's well, what I've been saying to 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 friends looking back on it is that the tragedy of it is that when I graduated from college, I thought this was just what I was going to do every, you know, five or six of these a year, just do a show with a, you know, major star, a classic play, you know, highly acclaimed to move on to the next one. And that's, that's what being an actor is. Right. Um, but it, it was, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. Um, it's very hard to describe, but I guess that when you, We've all had these as actors where where everything just comes together and and there's this, there's a huge amount of alchemy involved in making a show work with so many elements having to be right. And this was just one of those situations, I think, um, arguably because of Tom's presence that that everybody brought beyond their a game and and was giving two hundred percent every second. And the result was just um, thrilling and so much fun to be a part of and the other uh, side of all of that is that tom is such a nice guy again it's hard to tell whether it's a, a chicken or the egg thing whether they cast nice people to be around tom or whether tom is just that influence but it was also just one of the most nice supportive um 
<clears throat> positive groups of people that I've that I've had the joy of of working with in my career. Certainly, if, if, certainly in a very long time. And how did you get the gig? Um, that was a a. Uh, there's a whole, I keep trying to remind myself of the lesson that I should take from that, which is that I had gone through a series of auditions through the spring for various shows um, of, you know, w wonderful roles, smaller roles, higher profile, low profile, and figured one of them would pay off and none of them did. And I was sort of staring at an empty blank summer with with not many plans and figuring okay well this is fine i'm not going to work for a few months but then we'll see what happens in the fall and then this came out of the blue um i'm honestly not sure um what combination of factors was involved but i had worked with dan sullivan the director before i had worked with hamish linklater who played hal before i had worked with steve rankin who did the fight choreography before and so all of those opened a door that might otherwise have been closed. Um, and that's the way that this business works. Um, and ironically, I had auditioned for and not gotten uh, Iago in a production of Othello, but as a result of that and through the callbacks for Iago, I had worked up a, a Iago monologue that I then ended up using for the audition and callback for Henry IV, which got me the job. So if I hadn't not gotten Iago, I wouldn't have gotten Henry. And if I had gotten all these other, any of these other gigs, then the Henry gig wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have come through, which, which in many ways eclipsed them all. So it, it's just when you think, uh, there's a, it, it, you know, it's, it's a reminder to stay positive and wait for what's right around the corner. Every time you think your career is grinding to a deadly depressing halt, which it <laughs> often does in this business. Well, I, there's so much that's interesting about what you said, not the least of which is the idea of the fact that we never know how this business is going to work. Work leads to work. Even auditions can lead to work because it's all valuable. And you weren't just playing, you know, third spear carrier from the left. You had some significant roles in this massive production. When I got the call from the casting director, my first response was, so this is just for ensemble, right? And she said, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it, was, it, was a, it was a great experience on that count, too. And, and it's a huge credit to Dan Sullivan and the adaptation that he put together of a, obviously a vast, uh, what would be seven hours if he didn't cut it down. Um, but there were there was basically nobody in that cast who didn't have a chance to really stretch their muscles and, and explore some amazing stuff. And so I got to play three very different characters in the space of three and a half hours, Sir Walter Blunt in the first part, and then um, the Archbishop of York who leads the rebellion in the second part, and then also the wacky, ridiculous Justice Silence, who's the, the sidekick of Justice Shallow in the second part as well. So, and in some of those involving quick changes between between one of those characters and the other, um, which was a blast, and 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 again created challenges that might not have otherwise been there if I was just playing Sir Walter Blunt. Not that there's anything wrong with just playing Sir Walter Blunt. And now you're about to go back out on the road again for us this fall in um, the complete works of William Shakespeare Bridged. Does does the work you did in Henry Ford this summer at all inform how you return to this show? 
Uh, it makes it harder sometimes because I have full speeches in my head um, that need to be abridged. Um, <laughs> I also recently auditioned for a production of King John and, and actually read it for the first time. So that'll add some irony to the opening monologue. <laughs> um, but uh, it... it, it not, I don't think it, it necessarily magically changes it beyond what I had before. I just think that you grow as an actor um, year by year that you do this. And, and so I'm looking forward to getting to play with it more and to play with it um, from just a, a, a bit of a broader perspective or a bit of a wider perspective than I had before. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Send us your star-studded Shakespeareans via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also engage with us and other fans on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. You can find easy links to all these social networks at our website, reducedshakespeare.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener. Also, the RSE Podcast now has its own dedicated Facebook page where you can comment on this episode, suggest episode topics, ask questions, and comment on recent episodes, or just generally kibitz with us and other podcast listeners. Find us and please like us on Facebook at RSC Podcast. Thanks, as always, to no longer touring Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Carl Kinley. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to noted Shakespearean Ben Crystal, author of Shakespeare on Toast and Shakespeare's Words, a glossary and language companion. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 613 1839ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Let's see. You've worked with Tom Hanks and been directed by Austin Titchener. Can you compare those two experiences? They're both visionary, um, warm, friendly, positive people. I will accept that. Thank you. (laughs) This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. So much less. So much less. So much less. So much less.